Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, English teacher and school principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at at Sarah S.A. Johnson. Be sure to subscribe to the In Awe Podcast so you can join me each week as I feature women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. We are speeding through the month of August with this series on agility and have such an incredible guest to share with you for the second interview from Relaunch. Today's guest reminds me constantly to live with life with deep purpose and positivity, and I cannot wait for you to meet her today. Maria Lewis Ramadan brings over 25 years of professional experience in the nonprofit management, government, and education. She specializes in leadership development and coaching in the public and private sector, and for the past 19 years worked in public and private education teaching students from pre-K to post-secondary ed. Her career in education began as a teacher of students with special needs with over 13 years as a building level administrator in addition to that. She served as an adjunct instructor for Shenandoah University teaching curriculum instruction and as building principal, Ms. Ramadan has led over 100 certified and classified staff and served as an instructional leader for over 1,000 students. Ms. Ramadan is the author of Raising Men, Not Boys, Daily Affirmation to Lift Up Your Son. In addition, Ms. Ramadan's My One Life on Purpose podcast offers daily motivation to her listeners. Maria is the founder of the Speak Yourself Up Empowerment Summit, Dream Girl Seminars, and Parenting with Purpose. These events focus on promoting positive self-image for women and girls. Maria is the mother of two young men and is dedicated to ensuring all young people recognize their own personal greatness. In this episode, we discuss Maria's definition of agility, and she shares several elements of her life that demonstrate her own agility. We hear about her experiences as a middle school principal, leadership coach, and her new chapter leading at the division level. And finally, we learn about some passion projects that Maria is working on in addition to her dissertation research. I want you to be ready to be inspired as we hear from Maria Ramadan's agility story. Welcome, Maria Lewis Ramadan, to the In Awe Podcast. My friend, I am so excited to have this conversation with you. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be here with you as well. So thank you so much for the invitation. Oh, Maria, I have to, you already know this, but I have to be sure that listeners hear a couple of things. One is I was really intentional about asking you to be on this month in August where I am relaunching this podcast that has been such a passion of mine, but had to lay dormant with a season in life. And I um, got deeper connected with you in this time period that I was away. And as I was processing and thinking about who in the world would I want the first stories to be, you were just right at the top. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that you heard that, but then others hear that as well. Um, and so thank you so much. Cause I know your life is so full and you're arranging a lot of different things and you're putting us in this space for you at a busy time. And I just want to thank you. Thank you for that. Well, I just appreciate the opportunity. I love your spirit and your energy and uh, just being able to connect with you is truly a blessing. Oh, well, thank you. So Maria, I read your bio ahead, but I just wanted the listeners to hear a little bit. Um, first of all, you and I are connected. I want people to know that um, through Jay Casas and Associates and uh, we've been able to travel together. We've been roommates in the last year, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously share some passions there, but could you just do me a favor and just give the listeners an idea. Where are you at right now and what's life like for you in this month of August? 
Well, life is very, very busy for me. I've been in an educator for well over 20 years. First of all, I'm a mom, and that's the most important thing uh, to my two amazing young men that I'm growing. And well, I've grown, actually. They're, they're adults now. Um, I'm also a director of teaching and learning for Mid-Size School Division in Virginia. I've served as a principal, assistant principal, teacher, and also an instructor at the at the college level. So education is the majority of my life. It's my passion. I love working with young people and I love working with adults as a leadership coach as well. So if I were to sum it all up, what I enjoy most is helping people be the best version of themselves and in the process, helping me become the best version of myself. So that's that's who I am. That's what I'm about. I love it. And I've seen you live that out too. And so, so true. So before we dive into some of the content that we're just going to be led to, I'm curious. So I know why I asked you to be on this series uh, on agility, but what do you, what do you think agility means in general? I think it means the ability to keep moving forward. You have to be flexible in life. You have to keep your goals where your goals are. And even when you have to pause for a moment and regroup and refocus, you still get back on that path and you you keep moving. You just keep moving toward that goal that that drives you, that it's your passion and it it pushes you forward. It motivates you. Even in times of rest and, and downtime, you're still thinking, processing, reflecting and moving. I, I, that's the way I see it. That's that's how I would, I guess, sum that up. I love hearing that definition from you, too. And of course, I put you on the spot. You didn't know I was going to ask you that. So it just shows how agile you are, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was thinking about how what you said in terms of just being able to push forward and knowing that our that our lives really aren't as linear, maybe, as sometimes we like to buy um, that lie. Yes. And I think that just being able to shift gears is such a beautiful um, message from your life. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, you know, just we could focus really on, you know, the last year alone demonstrating agility, but I think you've got a lifetime of this that we'll see how much we suss out. But for sure, you are a person when I think about it, who is able to just kind of keep focused on a vision while knowing mm-hmm. those feet are going to be moving pretty fast in different directions. Yes. Yes. You can't be a middle school principal. I've, I've been in middle school for over 20 years and you're always shifting. You're always moving. You're always planning and thinking and making decisions. But when you have a solid foundation and principles that you stand on, it makes it a little bit easier to keep your eyes focused on that vision, on that bigger calling, on your life, on your purpose. So I think that's what what keeps me grounded in the midst of multiple changes and multiple seasons. Mm, I love that. I think since you started that out, do you want to talk a little bit about your experiences as a middle school principal? I know that's a loaded question because there's so much there, but just so that we can get an idea of what that chapter was like for you. Yes, I have um, been in middle school administration for 13 years, uh, served as a teacher for, I'm sorry, served as a principal for seven of those years in a, in a fairly large middle school, at one point, well over a thousand students. And my experience, I think it, it's been life changing. Literally, it's been life changing because if you think of that role, you're responsible for a thousand plus students, a hundred adults. 
and we're in this space. It's our own community, our own family with different needs and different events that occur on a daily basis. And what I've discovered is it's complex, but it's not as complex as sometimes we make it. Everybody wants to be seen, wants to be heard, wants to be acknowledged, whether we're talking about our students or we're talking about our adults. I think when we take time to be present and actually see see the individuals in front of us and give them what they need, it just helps build that community and that culture. Um, we know that there's been so many challenges and being a principal during the pandemic was quite challenging, you know, that that date in March, March 13th, I believe it was, where everything just kind of turned upside down for us. And we had to regroup and we had to refocus our attention and just making those adjustments and still meeting the needs of so many people was very, very demanding on all of us. And then to return to a somewhat normal school year this previous year, recognizing that structures um, had been removed from some students' lives. Trauma had taken place because students weren't as connected to the school. And we know school is a protective factor. So Mm -hmm. just being able to look at what our true purpose is in educating. It's of course about the academic content. It's about the material and mastery and proficiency of standards, but it's more so about meeting students where they are and being that person in their life that helps them see who they can become. So I think the over the process of being in the middle school, my focus has 100% always been on the needs of students. But I think even in the midst of so much change, um, we have to really look at that social emotional aspect. We have to really look at that connectedness that students feel to school, that belonging, um, because we do make a difference. And I'm 100% supporter of making sure teachers and counselors and school staff understand how important their role is in our young people's lives. Um, So I I love being a principal. I'm no longer a principal, but I absolutely love that position because I love the ability to impact and influence and make sure every student knows that they are important. And just beaming over here because anytime I've heard you speak, uh, share your insights, Um, get into some of those details about what it means to be a leader at a building level, I can still hear that passion inside of you. And I think that is phenomenal. It's inspiring for the listeners to hear because anybody who's ever been a principal uh, understands that that role has so it's fraught with a lot of weight and challenge. And when you speak of it, it just makes me want to get back in (laughs) myself, (laughs) even though, yeah, neither one of us are in a role like that right now, but you have such a sense of purpose in that. And it's so vivid. Uh, Before we move off of 
you know, a little bit of your current story. I wanted to make sure that listeners hear this from you because, um, you know, leading a school is no small charge. And as you said, it requires you to be agile, whether you have a thousand kids or not, right? Like, especially at the middle school level, they're always keeping you on your toes. That's, that's an agility exercise every yes. day. Uh, but I was thinking about the fact that one of the things that inspires me the most, um, knowing your story as far as I do, is how you and I met truly was your agility as a leader because you here you are leading successfully a very large school in in exceptional division. And you took on the opportunity to be coached. Um, so I wanted listeners to hear a little bit about that angle. Would you speak to that a little? Yes. I uh, love speaking about coaching. Um, I think for me, coaching, it causes you, it, it really allows you to, to pause and reflect. So for me, coaching, because I am a coach and I've been coached, we sometimes get caught up in the doing of the work. We're constantly doing the work. And what coaching allows is for another person to come alongside and ask some of those questions that cause you to pause and think, you know, am I, am I, maximizing? Am I setting in processes? It just opens up that dialogue that helps you really become or take take your skill um, to another level. I tell people all the time, coaching is not about telling people what to do because we all have answers. We really truly know deep inside. We know we have our answers but when you're coached, you're able to stop and reflect and think and consider different perspectives. And that has truly helped me grow as an educator. I am such an advocate for leaders, educational leaders, leaders in other um, career fields to pursue coaching as a way to grow yourself. And it's not that something has to be broken to be coached. That's not, that's not really the point at all. It's not necessarily that you're fixing, it's that you're enhancing and you're, you're, you're moving, you're moving, you're constantly growing, you're constantly looking for different ways. And it starts to influence your thought, which influences your actions, which creates better habits. And that's why I absolutely love coaching. I will, um, I recommend that for all leaders at whatever level. It doesn't mean you have to be new, a new administrator. I think it's beneficial for veteran administrators. It's just one of those things until you experience it, you might not necessarily understand the full benefit behind being coached. I appreciate you so much for all of the insight you bring and the fluidity with which you can speak about that dynamic relationship with a coach and a leader, because I think so many people have the perception that it is all about, um, you know, people who need are in need of improvement that get coached. But you and I both know we coach excellent leaders um, that just are 
human and need to process. Yes. And, you know, we say all the time that education, the learning is in the reflection. But I would say that organizations that don't support their principals to have that opportunity and um, in a very safe way process through their decision making, like you said, the systems they may or may not have in place and just really think through things, you know, they're missing the boat on that. And um, I just wanted to emphasize the way that you continue to serve leaders is through that, but also that you continue to remind me that we all need to be coached. Yes. You know, I had my own business coach when I was doing, when I was trying to, uh, I don't know, next level, the in awe work, my Sarah Johnson consulting. And it was so powerful because you can't do this work alone um, like you said, in any organization. And, you know, the beauty of, of that coaching too, that I just wanted to recognize is I've seen you as a very um, collaborative, inclusive, uh, team-based leader. But at the end of the day, as a principal, there are still conversations that need to be had with every person at every level in your organization. And being able to do that with somebody outside of it is so powerful. Yes, I, I would definitely 100% agree. I'm doing a lot of work, actually doing a lot of research on the benefits of being coached at, as an administrator in a school. That's that's the work that I'm actually doing right now as I'm moving toward completing my doctoral program. And there's not as much research out there, but it's such a growing field because we're seeing the benefits and we're seeing that it's increasing the retention rates um, when individuals are coached. So there's a body of the evidence that's starting to support this. And, and that's really exciting work for me as well. Well, that feels like a natural segue to go there because I'm so glad that you're looking into that. And I know that same what you've seen is what is the evidence to show that this is working. Um, and so you mentioned that you're in a doctoral program. Well, that sounds like an agile leader. Uh, what in the world led you that direction? And I also know that you've made a decision to stay. So let's talk that piece of it. Yes, um, I'm, I'm always learning. Uh, learning is is a big part of my life. And I decided that I wanted to pursue this program at this time. Um, well, I'll just be quite honest, I'm, I'm going to be pushing on to 50 in, in a few years. And I had a goal of completing this program before that, that age, um, before I reached that age. And also, this is a, a good transition. I've transitioned out of my principal role and into a director role. And, um, you know, always learning, always taking the opportunity to learn whether it's in a formal capacity or an informal capacity. And it's also building a network of leaders uh, through the program that I'm in that, that we can collaborate and continue to grow. And, and my focus right now is actually on looking at the impact of coaching on principal leadership, which could lead to student performance, as well as job satisfaction and retention. Um, and that's it's a natural flow with the coaching that I am doing and the coaching that I've received. So I think moving to that next level of, of telling or discovering what the research tells us um, is, is kind of a perfect pair right now. I agree. And I love that. 
because there is so much that you can contribute. And as I was listening, I don't want to geek out too far because listeners are going to, I'm going to lose them. But I was like, oh, how are you going to measure tied to student achievement, right? Like, because I'm also in my doctoral studies and I feel like that's a huge reason why you and I are brought together at this season in our lives, because I think maybe we've helped inspire one another a little bit to kind of stay the course with the questions that we have. You know, because I'm studying, I'm interested in the impact of spiritual practices on school leaders and how that... Mm -hmm you know, affects their stress mitigation and their self-efficacy because I'm afraid of trying to measure their overall effect on the organization through that. I don't know that I could link the two. But yeah, I mean, that to me is like that that whole journey of a doctoral study in itself is such an agile skill. You have to have skills to to kind of move around and decide what you're going to abandon, what you're going to go with. And yes, it's just really yes. cool. Yes. And I'm so proud of you. <laughs> for meeting that goal too. I'm so thankful for you for all of your encouragement. You you are an inspiration. So I appreciate having you part of my circle. Well, we're lucky um, to have one another, I think. And I think the listeners probably just even by hearing some of this, a huge thing that I would point out is being willing to listen and see who is in your life when they are and why they are, because yes. it'd be so easy to just be complacent and, uh, you know, meet new people. And I know since the beginning of this podcast, four years ago, each interview impacts listeners, but it always hits me where I need it too. So I'm just really grateful to even dive into that part of the conversation. Well, thank you. One thing I wanted to be sure we cover, we have a couple of elements for you. Uh, one is that you are in a new director role. And so again, being in your physical space during that transition time was really special. And I think that your message here can help people who may or may not, you know, who may be thinking about a, a move, a transition, all of the challenges associated with making that decision. Do you want to talk about your uh, role moving from the building principal into this position? Um, yes. Uh, I'm, as you know, I'm a very spiritual person as well. And I I always, I, I pray. I pray and I seek guidance and I try to understand where I am supposed to be when I'm supposed to be there. And I think in life, there's there's periods of openings and there's periods of closings. And we have to acknowledge that and accept the space that we're in. Um, like I said, I love being a principal and who knows, I may be a principal again one day. It depends on where I'm led to go and where I am supposed to be. But I feel like it was a natural transition time for me. Um, it's, it's, it's a new opportunity. Um, there are so many things to learn. And I feel like I was led to this position for this, for this time, for this time period, because there's something that I can do here. And there's something that I'm going to receive here. And I, I know that because I feel feel connected and I felt drawn to move into this position. And I feel comfortable and content and happy. And I know that I can be a service to my community. And, and that's what it really is all about. It's for me, it's following my purpose and being a service to wherever I am, whether it's in the school, um, an individual school as an administrator, whether it's at a division level where I have more responsibility and um, I'm just there as a, I'm a service leader and I'm there to serve and also receive what's what's coming in my direction to help me grow and be, again, the best version I can be. I love that. I need to highlight that, that you're there to serve and receive. Uh, because I think about my whole concept of servant leadership has really shifted 
And I think that so, and I fell squarely into this pit where I thought I only had to serve and, uh, you know, martyr myself for the cause of leadership. And mm-hmm. I think what you just said there hit a spot inside of my heart that I needed to hear where you should be receiving as well and getting that lesson. Cause I always say this, it doesn't matter what we're doing, um, what title we have, we're leaders everywhere, but there's always something that's meant to serve us in the season that we're in to bring us to whatever is coming after. Um, mm-hmm. and I think what you're saying there is uh, really powerful and, Uh, You can kind of see a little bit if you take a step back and you look at, you know, the bird's eye view of Maria's journey um, for anybody who would be so fortunate to know what came before and what, you know, could potentially come next. It's really powerful to hear that centered, calm presence about you. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay. You also have a range of projects that are passionate for you that, you know, in addition to that dissertation and this new role that you're serving. And of course, as you mentioned, being a mom and doing all those things, you have a couple of passion projects. Do you want, can we just mention quickly that you had been doing a podcast that might just have been a little bit on hiatus. We all know what that's like. Hello. Um, But what could listeners expect if they um, connect with the podcast, which I'll link in the show notes? Perfect. My podcast is my one life on purpose. And that's exactly what it is. Just quickly uh, during COVID, I really got reconnected to purpose. And I talk about purpose. And once, you know, you know, that saying that one of those important days in your life is when you discover your purpose and you start living from your purpose. So that's what I talk about. I talk about purpose, a purpose filled life purpose-driven leadership, but just staying true to what it is I know my purpose here on this earth is and living it out every single day purposefully. That's beautiful. And, you know, just short reflections that can kind of help prompt. Um, I feel like people can have a front row seat to that process. Those that are, they struggle with that, you know, finding that purpose and really defining it because it's one of the, you know, human truths that we all seek, right? (laughs) Yes, definitely. And I'm going to, I'm in the process and I just, as I mentioned to you earlier, Sarah, I am going to be publishing a book that shares some of that journey, some of my journey over the last couple years. And this was um, a product of that reflection time through COVID. And um, that's, that's one of the gifts that came out of a really challenging time for me um, was writing this book. And I'm looking forward to sharing it with people. Do you want to give us a hint about what that might entail, a title or, you know, where you're at with the process? Because I know people are going to just want to have anything that you create. <laughs> yes. Well, it's coming from the same My One Life on Purpose theme. It, it starts with just understanding how I was able to rediscover purpose in my life and looking back at childhood experiences and reconnecting with those things that just made me happy as a child. You know, those little things that we forget to do, like riding a bike or, you know, just enjoying life. I I was able to reconnect with some of those things intentionally. And that brought back that that youthful happiness that for some reason we tend to lose. And I want to help people reconnect with the things that brought them joy um, because we miss that as adults. And there's no reason that we should. 
And I love that because from, you know, previous interviews, like during the pandemic from this podcast, you know, we were talking about the benefits of slowing down and things like that. But I think once life picked back up and the pace became normal-ish again, we lost it again. You can just feel this sense. I know I've felt that and have had to often remind myself and ground myself and go back to practices I had in place um, that, you know, I think there's a, a gentleness there that we have to remember that it's easy to keep forgetting, but that human form of us that we need to make that soul connection. <laughs> um, yes, definitely. Yeah. So thank you for that. That's exciting. I can't wait. And I will be sure listeners, of course, you know, linking every way to get in touch with Maria because you're going to want to follow that journey. You also have another project geared toward increasing student belonging connectedness. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, that is, that is certainly my passion project and it's called, I am not a invisible. I am not invisible, a champion for each student. And that really came from my work in middle school and working with young people. There are students that we see that we don't see sometimes. My um, youngest son, in a conversation with him, I asked him, I said, what is it that we can do as adults to really help our young people reach their full potential? And he was sharing with me, just get to know who they are. Mm understand their culture, understand why they do what they do, why they wear what they wear, why they say what they say. So he really sparked that in me, in that understanding of how much do we really know our young people? I mean, how much of their voice are we listening to in making our decisions for policy and making our decisions um, for a variety of things that impact their life. Uh, So he's really the inspiration behind this project. So I've been interviewing young people between 18 to 26 years old and asking questions Mm -hmm. and really listening and being present so that they can start giving us answers. We've been We've been struggling through closing achievement gaps and so many different aspects that it's time for our young people to tell us what they need. And it's time for us to listen because they have answers, too. And um, I'm a huge advocate in student voice, student efficacy and giving them a voice so that they are not invisible, that we see each and every student and specifically our black and brown students. We know there's so many different aspects in our community that we need to pay attention to and we need to give student voice um, so that we can collectively make things better. Everyone has to be at the table. I love that you have this passion inside of you for so many. It's like they're all related, but so many different elements that always fuse back to your purpose. And Mm -hmm. I love that. Are you still interviewing? Are you still looking for people to interview for that project? I am still looking for people to interview. Yes, I um, I do have a link, a form where I'm collecting names of 18 to 26 year olds. And ultimately, I have to just throw this in. My background prior to education was in communications and broadcast journalism. <laughs> and I ultimately would like to create a documentary and some supplemental educational materials to support classroom teachers in reaching each student and making sure that they do feel connected and that they feel like they belong. I think sometimes students feel like they don't belong and they're not their best when they don't feel like they belong. 
Absolutely. And I am so glad you got that last piece in there about your background. Cause as we were talking, you know, that bird's eye view of your journey, I knew that there was something in there that was a, you know, sort of the beginning of your young adulthood that would tie back through to this next phase that you're going to be living through. And I'm so excited. So I will be sure to link that link. Um, Listeners, if you are not an 18 to 26 year old, but you know, 18 to 26 year olds, please pass that along to help Maria um, further that project. That's amazing. Thank you. I love it. Okay. So I'm so sad because we're toward the end of our interview, but are you ready for those two questions that I've got for everybody? I am. Awesome. Okay. So the first one is if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? I would say that you are absolutely amazing and you have every skill that you need to be successful and that life is waiting for you to live it and to experience it. Don't ever stand in the shadows. Don't be afraid to be bold and to be upfront and to let the world know that you are ready to receive every blessing that needs to come your way. So just get out there and live, live your best life. Oh, I love it. Again, tying some of those themes through and and hearing that passion just um, come from you with that self kind of actualization, essentially, that we can watch you living right now. It's so awesome. All right. How about this one? If as an influential woman with all of these wonderful things that we've talked about, if a listener finds themselves in a pit of fear or doubt and they need to hear your voice to help them rise up out of it, what would you say? I would say that you have been in that space before. And that you've come out, you've come out better than you went in, that you, again, you have everything that you need, that don't let anyone limit your thinking or limit your belief in what you are fully capable of, because I believe God's blessed us with everything that we need to be the person that we were called to be. So just remind yourself, you, you've been in this space before, you've overcome before, and you're going to do it again. I know that somebody out there needed to hear those words from you and that it has served them. And I am so grateful for just uh, everything that you've said in this interview and for what you are putting out in the world and your message and your life purpose, Maria. I just thank you so much for being willing to make the space to share all of that wisdom with our listeners today. Well, thank you, Sarah, for giving me the space. I greatly appreciate you and just keep putting that positive energy out there because we need you so much. Oh my goodness. I have needed this again. Like I can just feel my soul just lighting right back up, having these interviews and just knowing that it is meant to be. So thank you for that affirmation. Can you do me a favor, Maria? I'm going to link every way to get in touch with you in the show notes, but would you just share the best way for listeners to engage with you after this interview? Well, the best way right now is on Twitter. I'm, I'm actively on Twitter. That's the social media platform that I choose to use at this time. So I am on there at Maria Ramadan. Feel free to uh, message me. I love to communicate. I love to to build my professional learning network and just continue to connect with as many people as possible. So that's the best way to reach out to me right now as I'm developing other platforms um, to communicate as well. Sounds great. Well, listeners head over to her Twitter page and get connected with all the links that I share. Maria, I am so grateful. I cannot wait until the next time I get to be in your presence and to just watch you grow and continue on this wonderful purpose journey. And I just wish you the very best of this kickoff for the year and everything that will come your way, my friend. Thank you so much. And thank you so much and keep being a blessing. 
I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode.